Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. Welcome to Catholic Baltimore. I'm George Matasek, Digital Editor for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Once a month, Catholics from across the Archdiocese gather at a city parish to pray for peace in areas touched by violence. Joining us to discuss the prayer walks is the man who started them, Bishop Dennis J. Madden, Urban Vicar for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Bishop Madden, thank you for joining us on Catholic Baltimore. Oh, you're very welcome, George. Thank you. Could you tell us how the idea for prayer walks got started? Well, when I came back to Baltimore and I was appointed uh, auxiliary bishop, the first thing I did was to to walk around and drive around the city, and I saw a lot of abandoned buildings. I saw a lot of people, especially young people, around during the day, just kind of hanging around on, in front of buildings, no work, no school, and uh, I, I was really, you know, troubled by it, and so I began to look around and to became more aware of the violence in the city and thought they would like to do something, something to uh, make some contribution to dealing with this violence. And I didn't want to do demonstrations, but more kind of a, a prayer walk type like, like we do to be with the people and to uh, go from the church where we worship in the real presence to bring that presence into the streets. So I thought that we would we would do that. We would bring the blessings and say prayers and read scripture, sing hymns, and walk through these troubled areas. And where are the walks held typically? Typically we go to a parish in the city where in that area there's been a lot of violence. Sometimes just before the walk or sometimes it's something from before, uh, months before. And oftentimes, wherever we go, uh, within the parish boundaries, there may have been three to five acts of violence, including murders, bad beatings, shootings, and so on. So they're, written in, they're in these areas where these things have taken place. What, what happens during a prayer walk? I understand it begins with a dinner, is that right? Because we have a light, it might be sandwiches or pizza or something. We have a, a time where we gather together and have a little bit of uh, fellowship. And uh, then we go to the, the church and we pray. We talk a little bit about the walk, pray, we start to sing. Then we go into the streets and uh, I ask the pastors to lay out a way, a path where we're going to follow during the prayer walk. And usually we have anywhere between three and five stops on these prayer walks. And at the stops we would uh, get an explanation of why we stopped at that particular place. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we have uh, people from the parish or the pastor talk about an event that took place there. Sometimes we even have uh, family members uh, who tell us about what happened there. And then we, we pray, we read scripture, and then we pray, we say the prayer of St. Francis, and then we also have a prayer we read all the time for our community. 
And we pray for the, the victims, the perpetrators, uh, and then we sing a hymn, and we continue to sing some hymns as we walk to the next stop. Then after the last stop, we make our way back to the church, and in the church, again, we, we will say some prayers, and people have an opportunity then to talk about what their experience has been. It's a good time for people to uh, to talk about what they what they got from the walk, and sometimes people then become interested in working or helping the work in one way or another with that particular parish. You often hear about the power of prayer. Could you talk about the power of prayer and what difference does prayer make in combating violence? Yeah, I mean it's so it is so powerful. We pay we face these these this uh, Herculean challenges and it's only by the grace of God that things really are going to happen and good things are going to happen and peace can be restored to our city and um, when you're on these walks you can feel that presence and you can know that that is made clear to you you if you can be open during the walk and listen to the scriptures and listen to what's what's going on and walk through those areas you can be well aware that this is going to depend on God and you can feel God's presence. In all your years leading these walks, has there been a particular moment that's really touched you or that stood out? I think there's been a couple. I just mentioned one or two. There was one house we, we stopped at. It was a house that where the uh, this family or some members of the family had pointed out some people who had uh, I think they were dr selling drugs or something, and then later, very shortly after they had pointed out these po folks, uh, when they were all in the house sleeping, the house was burnt down. Mm -hmm. I think five members of the family were killed. Another time when we were at uh, St. Francis Xavier, Father Jim McClendon was the pastor at that time, and he pointed out, you know, he, just across the street was a school, steps on the school where a young man was was shot. He was it was a, some kind of a rivalry between gangs or groups or whatever. And they came. He was playing basketball, and they they chased him. He ran down out of the basketball courts and came down, and they they shot him there. And he talked about how he gave him you know the last rites there, and he was there with the uh, you know anointing him and blessing him on the steps while this guy was this guy was dying. And it's it's just another thing, just another a last walk. Uh, we were up at Peter Claver, and we went around, and we ended up going on to a North Avenue. And when we go on to North Avenue, it's it's just like going into another world. There are police there; they're just standing outside their cars, doing doing what policemen do, you know, trying to keep some semblance of order. But then you saw there, just you know, where we're standing, saying our prayers and stuff. There's some prostitutes in the area. Uh, other people in the area are selling drugs. Uh, we oftentimes on the walks will hand out these little prayer cards with St. Francis' image on one side and, it, and the prayer of St. Francis on the other side. We usually give them to people. People always take them, but I remember going by this particular last walk. These young men, they look like they're 15 or 16 at the most, and uh, they're just high and high on drugs. Didn't know, they didn't understand sort of what the car... I was trying to say, you know, here's a nice blessing for you. And said, no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm doing fine. But they were really zoned out. Mm -hmm. It was just like another world. 
and so it was nice to go through there and uh, there you are in, in the middle of all that and saying these prayers and uh, there's very there's a lot of instances like that you know where you see these spots and also when you hear these these horrendous stories about what went on in some of these places. And I oftentimes think that uh, some of the conditions under which people live, you know, they live in these areas and uh, they, they're, they're not safe, but it's so wonderful to see when there's a park or some green area or there's uh, young people playing basketball or something like that. It's, it's, it's very hopeful. Yeah. I know Baltimore City has struggled with murders in the past, well, in a long time, but especially in the last few years. I think yeah. last year was the third year in a row where there were 300 murders or more. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think is the root, at the root of the problem with violence in our city? It's really hard to say, George. There's so many, uh, you know, for years I, I worked at University of Maryland School of Medicine in a, a violence clinic. We treated people who had problems with violence. and. Uh, what we found out, one thing we did find out that there's many, 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 many different reasons. Uh, one big thing within our city, with our society, is the prevalence of guns. M among the patients that we used to treat, they had trouble controlling their temper. And uh, when someone has trouble con controlling their temper, you know, they might swing at you, but if there's a gun available, they might shoot you. Mm. I think the other big thing is that the, uh, in certain areas of the city, there's lack of opportunity. Uh, the schools, you know, when, when there's violence in the schools, uh, uh, they have a special police force that just takes care of a division that just takes care of the schools. People come to our schools, one of the things they always mention, they feel safe there. The lack of uh, employment, people who, who don't have jobs. Uh, and then we have this, um, we call these people who are coming back from prison, you know, returning citizens. And there's so many things against them, depending on what their charges were when they come out of prison, where they're not eligible, you know, for certain kinds of aid, education, housing, and then they have a record when they're going to go for a job. And it's almost like stacked against them. Plus, they've been in an environment where there's no really attempts at rehabilitation. It's a punitive thing, and all these things keep coming up. The economy, uh, the differences in our city. You, the, the, we have you know, mapped out different parts of the city. You are within like a 10-minute ten ten ride from one part of our city to another part of our city. 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And there's a 17-year-old uh, life expectancy difference. 17-year difference in life expectancy. We're not talking about between the United States and some other country. This is within our own city. Mm. And you know, these are all the things that uh, they mount up and they, they take away people's hope. One of the things we found out when we did our research in the, with these people, people who, are feel, who feel helpless and hopeless and have difficulty controlling their temper, are probably the most most dangerous people. Mm. There's nothing to lose. Mm. What 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 have I to lose, or what can I do? This helpless and hopelessness. And so I mean, and sometimes it sounds so simplistic, but I think that's true, and that's why I feel that, uh, you know, we have to do as much as we can to 
improve societal things that we kind of take for granted. I mean, you know, I don't want to, you know, speak in a, in a negative way, but you know, if certain things happen in a part of our city, say on Roland Avenue, that's one thing. If another thing happens on Greenmont, that's another mm -hmm. thing. I noticed this not too long ago, I was going to St. Mass at St. Anne's, and I was turning down Greenmont, and Sunday morning there was a car upside down in the middle of the street, upside down in the middle of the street. And there's a police guy there, and I asked the police, what happened? He said, I don't know. I just, you know, I said, and people live in this kind of an environment. It doesn't help one to bring out their best character, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. there's lots, a lot of things, but there are certain things that are, are before us that we can deal with, you know, jobs, housing, education, prevalence of guns, these kind of things. Uh, and I think we want to try to activate the community so the community does have some hope and a, a sense that they're not really helpless. We only have about a minute left. Sure. Uh, could you tell us how people can learn more about the prayer walks? Yes, we have a, uh, anyone who would want to can call uh, my office, 410-547-5452. Uh, and what we do is we send out alerts to parishes when the prayer walks are. Uh, I'm sorry that we don't have a, we haven't really mastered a system where we can say it's the fourth Thursday of every month because we have to work with the parishes that we go to and they all have their own varied schedules and we have our varied schedules here as well. But that, that would be a great thing. We have people coming from all over the archdiocese and it's great for them, it's great for them to be with the people, it's great for the parishioners whose parish we're in at that time. So it's a, it's we are then, I think that's one of the ways we are at our best as a one local church. Well, Bishop Madden, thank you so much for being on Catholic Baltimore. Thanks very much, George. Thank you very much. Our guest has been Bishop Dennis J. Madden, Urban Vicar for the Archdiocese of Baltimore. When we return, we will take you to a prayer walk held recently at St. Anne Church in East Baltimore. I'm George Matisek, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Catholic news from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. In the immediate aftermath of the flood that washed through Main Street in Ellicott City May 27th, St. Paul Parish, perched on the hill above the floodwaters, was able to serve folks in little ways, acting as a way station for those trying to get home and coordinating transportation for some who could not get to their vehicles. Over the next several days, the parish served as a base of operations for BG&E power crews. Just six days after the flood, Baltimore Archbishop William E. Laurie celebrated Mass June 2nd for the vigil of the Feast of Corpus Christi at St. Paul. I came today just to be with you, to pray with you, to offer you a word of love and encouragement, and in this difficult time, to remind you of the abiding presence of the Lord in our midst. For this is what the Feast of Corpus Christi is all about, the true Eucharistic presence of Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity, Archbishop Laurie said. To read more on this story and many more, visit catholicreview.org. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. 
You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to the Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. The season of sacraments is nearly here. First Holy Communion, Confirmation, and Weddings. Visit the Baltimore Basilica, America's first cathedral, and stop by the gift shop for all of your gift needs. From beautiful frames to crucifixes and crosses, statues and one-of-a-kind rosaries, the Basilica gift shop has it all. Friendly, knowledgeable staff members can help you select the perfect gift. Also available, Baltimore's very own Mouth Party Caramels, locally designed hand-painted signs and jewelry, plus gifts for Easter as well as an extensive line of St. Patrick's Day items sure to bring out the Irish and everyone. Visit the Basilica Gift Shop at 409 Cathedral Street in Baltimore or call 410-727-3565 for hours and directions. Free street parking available directly in front of the Basilica between 9.30 and 4 p.m. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Welcome back to Catholic Baltimore. I'm George Matisek. We've been talking about the monthly city prayer walks held in areas touched by violence. In this segment, we take you to the May 24th prayer walk held on the streets outside St. Anne Church in East Baltimore. Among the places participants stopped during that walk was the corner of Lock Raven Road and Gutman Avenue, only steps away from where a 30-year-old man named Ronald Preston was shot and killed March 9th. The day before Preston's death, Montrell Rivers was shot and killed at a convenience store on North Avenue, while another man survived the shooting during the same incident. Participants at the prayer walk explain why they want to be present in the community. We got peace like a river. We got peace. My name is Dolores Moore, and I'm a member of this parish of St. Anne's. I've been a member since 1973. I think it's extremely important for, first of all, us as a parish to be 
leading and a part of these prayer walks. We see among us people from all over the city and the county who have faithfully participated in these prayer walks. I think it's important for our members of the community to see that we are unified, especially as a Catholic church, and that we are concerned about their well-being and the conditions they are faced with. We see around us in this community signs of hope and renewal, but we are constantly aware in the news of despair and violence. This is an opportunity for us to show our neighbors that it's safe for us to join together and that we can bring about a change in this community. Hi, my name is Betty Lutz. I've been a member of St. Anne Church for over 30 years. One of the reasons I came tonight was because the people who live on these streets are more than aware. They're painfully experiencing so much violence in their lives that I'm the one that needs to make it more real and to share that. Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me so love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is giving that we receive, it is in parting that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. My name is Tommy O'Donnell. I'm a seminarian uh, with the Archdiocese of Baltimore. I'm home on summer break from Mount St. Mary's. I think it's really important that we come out and physically pray in places that are affected by violence, in communities that are affected by poverty and, and despair, because our prayers can do a lot from far away, but uh, there's something to our physical presence. The, the church always wants to have a, a real true physical presence in places, not just to, to pray for people who are really far away, but to be there ourselves, to, to be a real sign of God's love for the world, wherever we can we can go and walk and, and sing. The next Prayer Walk for Peace will be held June 27th at St. Ambrose in Park Heights. Again, that's June 27th at St. Ambrose in Park Heights, beginning with a light meal at 5.30 p.m. For more information, call 410-547-5452. That number again is 410-547-5452. For Catholic Baltimore, I'm George Matisek. We'll see you again next week.
over 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. Join Catholic Review Media and the Archdiocese of Baltimore to see the Passion Play in Oberammergau, Germany, June 19th to 27th, 2020. Travel with Archbishop William E. Laurie, Father Michael Fapiano, and Father Jim Prophet on a nine-day, seven-night pilgrimage to Austria and Germany. Land-only price is projected at $3,399 per person, double occupancy. There are still a few spots remaining. Reserve your seat today by visiting archbalt.org slash passionplaypilgrimage. Again, that's archbalt.org slash passionplaypilgrimage. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.